Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, we are revved up today. Phil Sims live on the program today. Tom Brady talk today. Zach Wilson, John Mara. And I've got a major controversy that I need your help clearing up. We only have two hours to do it all, so let's go. Here we go! go, go. Only one place to start. Well, the one place to start, and I'm going to make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, is I believe that the owner of a Major League Baseball team has been hacked on Twitter. I have to believe that he has been hacked on Twitter. Because if not, then this has not only gone over a line, but I think it is borderline ridiculous. I mean, I'm bordering on inexcusable. Now, we have had conversations on this show about this before. We actually asked the question. Steve Cohn is the billionaire owner of the New York Mets, who was a Met fan before he bought the team. And we had a conversation about whether or not it is okay that Steve Cohn occasionally tweets like a fan. And my perspective was it is okay because I like to know that my owner is as in this as I am. There are a lot of owners out there. I've rooted for many teams in the course of my life where I have had plenty of occasion to think to myself, I don't think the owner of this team even knows we're playing. I don't think that he cares one way or the other what happens to us. And that's worse. And I don't take that back. But I will say this. I would never have imagined that the owner of a Major League Baseball team, any owner of a Major League Baseball team, would tweet what Steve Cohen seems to have tweeted about 45 minutes ago. So I'm going to read this. I'm going to make sure that I'm clear on this because I was hosting Get Up when it happened, and Nuno and Hembo both sent it to me. So Steve Cohen, from his verified Twitter account, (laughs) whose baseball team, the New York Mets, are struggling enormously. They just can't hit. I mean, the bottom line of it is they can't hit. For anyone across the country who's not following the Mets this year, they were very good. They've had serious injuries. They've fallen and they can't get up. And the bottom line of it is they can't hit. The owner tweeted and it's not even in response to something as far as I can tell he's not answering a question or quote tweeting anything so he just took it upon himself to tweet it's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive the best teams have a more disciplined approach the slugging and OPS numbers don't lie now while I do not take back a word of what I said a couple of weeks ago about how I like knowing that my owner is passionate and into it and cares and is following I didn't mean this. This to me is, this is the kind of thing that if you're the owner and you want to say to your players, you walk in there behind a closed door and you say it to them. But you have now called out everyone. Everyone. You've called out your manager. You've called out your hitting coach. You've called out every player on that team. It's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. Think about what he's saying. He's calling out everyone directly and publicly. And so to me, that is definitively crossing a line. So I'm sitting around waiting to hear Steve Cohen says his his account has been hacked. Because otherwise, I think this is absolutely inexplicable. And again, I'm one who was defending what he was tweeting up until now. Now, Hemba, you were looking at me with a smug, snide expression on your face that can say only one thing. That expression says, I told you so, Greeny. I told you this was bad weeks ago. What I'm telling you is this crossed a different line. I wasn't wrong then, but doesn't mean I'm not right now. Go. It's all baked into the cake, though. He he crossed the line now, but he had been crossing the line or at least tiptoeing up to it. Before, So this was something that inevitably was going to come, especially considering how badly the team played. You can't have it both ways. You can't have him just tweeting passionate things to prove how much he loves the team 
but not get this side of it because this is what all the Mets fans are thinking now. He's a Mets fan, so he said it out loud, except he happens to own the team. This is, this is effectively George Steinbrenner with a Twitter account. This is I, what it would look like. I don't agree with you, and I'll tell you why. Mm. Because I don't think you have to have gone to this place based upon where he was. Now, I don't have his Twitter. Actually, I do have his Twitter account open in front of me. So I will try and scroll back. Uh, you know, again, I was on TV until two minutes ago. So, like, some of the previous tweets were things like, how about a little positive energy for this weekend? I'm feeling the offense is going to get it going. Um, it, it's the dog days of August. We need to grind out wins one game at a time. We can do this. Uh, gutsy, well, no, that's a win. But um, all these different things that he tweeted were, some of them were critical. They were more critical than the ones I just found. Those were random. My point is, they were measured. They were critical, but measured. This was not measured. This is a, a verbal attack on his own team, on its approach, on the professionalism, on the coaching. I mean, this is something that now cre- that spirals, right, in any town. But in this town, can you imagine the, what the papers are going to do with this and the talk shows and everything else all day long? Like, he's just created a firestorm by calling out everyone on his team. Let me bring in Bubba who is uh, one of the most passionate Met fans I know. And we make a lot of jokes about Bubba here all the time because he's Bubba. But at the end of the day, now we, I can ask you a serious question. You are a fan. You literally watch every game this team plays every single night of the season. I know how painful this last month has been for you as they have fallen apart. When you hear the owner tweeting this, let me read it again. I, I'm, I, it's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. The slugging and OPS numbers don't lie. I'm almost laughing reading it. It makes me uncomfortable. Bubba, what do you think? You know, honestly, it doesn't bother me that much. Um, I I think I just feel like part of me thinks it's just a different world today. And I think obviously back then that would be insane. But now I just think it's. To me, if I'd much rather him do this than be like a reactionary owner where he's just like firing and doing all these different things. If he's just saying things that are true, it doesn't honestly bother me. They're, I mean, they're terrible. They're under 500 now. It's ridiculous. And if he's going to, whatever he has to do to light a spark under this team, if they're going to get upset over this, I mean, I, it honestly doesn't bother me that much. Like, I mean, I get what you're saying for sure, but I just think it's a, it's a different time. All these players are so young anyway. They're on social media anyway. I, I just think it's not like, you know, the 80s and 90s where everything is just, you know, behind closed doors and in the clubhouse. And it, I don't know. To me, I just think it's a different time now. And it's it, owners are different. And uh, he's like a new generational owner. And he's just tr- trying to light, you know, light someone under the under the team there. I, I, you know what? I respect it. I don't I don't. Obviously, we see it differently. But you're also younger than I am. It's also your team, so you're more directly and emotionally attached. I think that one of the reasons that, Bubba, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but that you may be okay with it is because you're feeling all of the frustration much more personally <laughs> that he's expressing well, exactly. than I am. Yeah, no, I think that's a lot of it, too, because, yeah, I think – and I'm not seeing it as much as a exactly a personal attack. I'm seeing it as just like he's, – he's saying the things we're all thinking as a fan. So, yeah, maybe it's a little bit harsh, but – He's saying all the things we're all thinking as a fan. He's basically a super fan, Mets super fan who's the owner, and he's sick and tired of it too. And he's saying, look, we got to get this going. But, yeah, we're, the guys are under 500 now. We you know, got swept by the Dodgers. We're probably going to get swept by the Giants. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. And <laughs> and he's he's trying to get something going here. And 
yeah, I mean, are they're either going to step up or they're going to fold after this even more, and we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd be curious to see what the players' reaction is to this. But, I mean, even last, you know, the last week when there was a big thing with Pete Alonzo, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to smile and be happy because we're playing baseball. You know, like, clearly the message isn't getting to the players that this is a dire circumstances. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. I respect it. Here's the one thing I will say. I'm just trying to put myself emotionally in this place. And, and I would ask anyone listening to this conversation, put yourself emotionally in this place. So my favorite team is the Jets, my favorite pro team. So last year when Christopher Johnson was the owner of the Jets, and I say it that way because his brother has now come back from the U.K., if Christopher, I, the Jets were coached last year worse than any team I've ever seen in my entire life. I've never seen a, a team worse coached, right? I mean, Adam Gase, he may be a very nice person. I, I'm, you know, whatever. Um, I, I, I don't want this to sound personal. I, you can't do a job worse than he did that job. And if the owner, if Christopher Johnson, Christopher Johnson called him a brilliant offensive mind, and I lost my mind. Remember, we, Hembo, you and I, we did an entire essay on how brilliant his offensive mind was not. <laughs> I mean, how easily disprovable that statement was. But if he had come out, if the owner had come out and tweeted, if Christopher Johnson had tweeted or said, I'm just trying to put this in a football perspective. It's hard to understand how professional players can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. Maybe I would have loved it. Maybe I would have been like, yeah, you tell them, Christopher. Or maybe more to the point, fire that idiot. You know, I mean, that might be the way that I would have approached this. One way or another, you make an interesting point, Hembo, which is mm. this is like if George Steinbrenner in his heyday had a Twitter account. Right. And what would we have given for that? I was a kid. That's my youth. All right, so the, the, the George Steinbrenner where he fired Billy Martin five times and he's changing managers every other day and all the rest of that stuff and Reggie Jackson and Dave Winfield and Mr. April and all of that stuff, like that's the, my youth. And that stuff was the back page of the papers every day when the back page of the papers was the currency of sports conversation. Now I guess Twitter is. And so maybe he's just contributing to it the same way. Maybe you guys are, or maybe Bubba is right and I'm wrong. What, is it possible Bubba's right and we're wrong? It is not possible. Although, no. uh, Bubba, obviously, Bubba can identify with what he's saying because he lives the ups and downs. But like, Bubba, you can't objectively believe that this is the right tact for a Major League Baseball owner to take. There's almost, this, is, this is a lose-lose. What good could possibly come out of this? You think the players Does it motivate they, them? No, if they turn around, yeah, if they turn this thing around, yeah, exactly. he can take credit for it, right? Be like, hey, guys, see? My magical words, and it's very self-serving on that end. If they don't, be like, well... I'm just going to fire everyone. <laughs> and I also think a big difference between Steinbrenner, at least right now, is a lot of Steinbrenner stuff ended up being super personal attacks. And right. that's why I'm saying this is, while he, yeah, he criticized the team, he's not saying, like, Pete Alonzo, you're terrible, or whoever, you know, what? why isn't Jacob deGrom pitching? This is insane. Like, he, it was a pretty broad thing. I mean, Steinbrenner said some uh, pretty ridiculous things about individual people mm-hmm. and then was firing people and making rash decisions. You know, they fired the hitting, uh, you know, the hitting coach a long time ago. That's the only move they've made. And I think it's that's one difference where I think, yeah, it, it's sort of like Steinberger having a Twitter account, but it's it's not nearly as personal. And it is trying to kind of, you know, fire them up. And once they do turn things around and catch the Phillies, <laughs> you're going to wish that uh, your the Phillies owner was tweeting. What, like do this. He, uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? Take it personal. He he called out every hitter on the team. Yeah. How more personal could it be? And Bubba? the coaching and called them unprofessional. All right. <laughs> I like but he's not calling out individuals. I like the conversation. I am also here to settle the Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G debate. Is it a phone? Is it a tablet? Guess what? It's both. 
It's two screens in one, and it's truly life-changing. Get your new Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. All right, um, we have a lot more to do today. That wasn't, I had no intention of starting with that because it just happened in the last hour. So we've touched on almost nothing, but we have great stuff today, including you're here, someone I greatly respect saying something I believe he should have no business whatsoever saying, and it isn't Steve Cohen. We'll do that on the way. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. Preparing for your fantasy football draft 101. Listen to or watch Keyshawn J. Will and Zuman every morning. Thousand yards rushing. Find out which players to pick and which to avoid. Not bad for a wide receiver playing quarterback. Then win your fantasy football league. It's going to be exciting. Keyshawn J. Will and Zuman, the GMs of your fantasy football team. Check off, boom. All the information you'll need tomorrow starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance. So that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Phil Sims live a little more than an hour from now talking football on the Goodyear Hotline. We look forward to that. In 30 seconds, I'll explain how my open-mindedness is my best quality, right after my humility. (laughs) But I'll spend those 30 seconds on ZipRecruiter. What if you could put the same type of rigor that the pro leagues use for players into your hiring process? Well, you can. When you use ZipRecruiter, ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your open roles and proactively presents them to you, and you can invite your top choices to apply for your job. No wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. So here's what I'm going to say to you. Some people will mistakenly tell you that if someone changes their mind, it makes them wishy-washy, makes them soft. It's a sign of weakness. I disagree. 
changing your mind is a sign of strength. It's a sign of open-mindedness. It's a sign that you are willing to adapt. If you don't listen to people, the biggest mistake particularly successful people can make is to stop listening to others around them. That's an excellent way to stop being successful really fast. So, as I listened to the impassioned pleas of Bubba, the Met fan, talking about Steve Cohen, and then I read this text from Ray Necci, a.k.a. Metropolitan Ray, a.k.a. Lil Cuffy, who texts me, after the Wilpons, it'll take a lot more than an aggressive tweet to turn fans against Steve. I think I've come around. I think I've come around and think I like the tweet now. I think I like the owner tweeting as he did, or at least I don't think it is as bad as I thought it was when I first saw it. That's right, Hembo. My open-mindedness is a strength of mine, and that is how I feel. I would describe your open-mindedness as a strength, but this is being wishy-washy. You've been talked into this now by two Mets fans against your better judgment. Get him, Hembo. Get him. Sometimes, sometimes your first instinct, in this case especially, was the right instinct. It's one thing to tweet passionately the way that he did previously, and Mm -hmm. you defended him for it, and I had really no problem with that. That's not what this was. This was a direct attack on half of his roster in a ridiculous way. Well, come on. speaking of rash tweeting, you might know a little something about that. When you tweet all that stuff out, guess what? We got it. My favorite tweet of the day. My favorite tweet of the day came from Lewis Riddick. Let me say this. Hembo versus Lewis Riddick on Twitter is a thing. Did everyone see this yesterday? Hembo went in on a strong sports opinion. And Smooth Lou, our dear... And and I I should point out to everyone that Lewis Riddick loves Hembo, as everyone who works at ESPN does, because Hembo was constantly feeding him all kinds of great numbers and statistics and everything. Everyone at the whole place leans on Hembo. So this is not a personal attack. But, oh, did he annihilate you on Twitter. So let me share for the class. Hembo tweets yesterday, after uh, Jamal Adams becomes the highest-paid safety in NFL history by a wide margin. He signed a $72 million contract, I think it was. Yeah, $38 million guaranteed. In Seattle last uh, yesterday, after the Seahawks traded the Jets two first-round picks to get him. Hembo tweets, so not only... Did the Jets receive two first-round picks and thus 10 controllable player seasons for Jamal Adams, but they dodged the bullet of making him the highest-paid player at a fairly unimportant position? That front office gets it. That is a tweet from Hembo. Lewis Riddick, who played what position again? Safety. That's correct. Tweeted back, Fairly unimportant position, safety, in today's game, where controlling the middle of the field is harder than ever? Uh, no. (laughs) Lewis Riddick just absolutely slapped Hembo on Twitter. And then he went on. He went on to tweet, (laughs) controlling the middle of the field doesn't simply impulse playing deep middle of the field cover three safety and doesn't just apply to the pass game. You must be strong down the middle defensively. Tight ends and backs are better than ever, attacking between the numbers, and you must control that area of the field. I accuse you, Hembo, of being down on Steve Cohen today because you are particularly sensitive to Twitter content because you were absolutely annihilated by the genius of Lewis Riddick yesterday. I am not sensitive to the content. He was the one that responded to me. I stated my opinion, and I love Lewis, and he has forgotten more about football than I will ever know. He played safety we forgot to mention, for Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Right. And he's in the Monday Night Football booth. I've never even been credentialed to a game they've coached in. So <laughs> we're coming at this from a different place. But I think I'm right. 
I think that safety is a fairly unimportant position. I don't think that the impact he had on that defense last year in Seattle was all that substantial, and I'll stand behind that, and I think we have the data to prove it. Okay, here's what you're going to tell us. You're going to tell us that on the defense, the most important positions are pass rusher and shutdown corner. That's right. Right, in either order. Mm -hmm. I I think they... The analytics will tell you it's pass rusher. I've always believed it's actually shutdown corner. Do I have that right? The, analy- the analytics now agree with you. Okay. Pass coverage first, pass rush second. Well, like most geniuses, I will not be fully appreciated until after my time. I'm glad the analytics have finally caught up to me. Mm. When you've got Darrell Revis, when you've got a, a Revis Island, it changes an entire defense, more than a dominant pass rusher does. You can, you can block a dominant pass rusher. You, you, can, you can dedicate a whole bunch of people to Lawrence Taylor or, and whatever it is. And, and, yes, it impacts other things on your team. But you can neutralize that. If you, you can't neutralize what DeVar Rivas does to a game or what a, a genuine true shutdown corner does to a game. He just takes your best receiver out. It's like he's not even there. And that impacts an offense more than anything, especially today. So, to me, that's the most important position. Here's what I'm going to say about a safety, in particular Jamal Adams, whom I obviously know his game. One, he is a great pass rusher. That guy rushes the passer as well as any defensive back that I've seen in years. Two, I think he's a great leader. I think his, his vocal energy is a positive. It is, it is a force multiplier. Mm. But three, most importantly, because you weren't making either of those points. No. I think the way the NFL has evolved... If you have a safety who can cover Travis Kelsey, Greg Kittle, soon-to-be Kyle Pitts, and the other great tight ends in the sport, then that guy is extremely valuable. Now, your best argument, Hembo, is I don't think Jamal is that guy. Mm. Jamal Adams is a dominant physical presence and a great leader. I don't think he's a great cover guy. Like I, I never watched him and thought to myself, Boy, he's, he's a great cover safety. There are others in the sport who I think do that better, and a pro football focus would have numbers on that more than I would. I'm just doing it with the eye test. But I never watched him and said, all right, he's taking Gronk out of the game or, or whoever it is that he was going up against. So I think if you have that guy, that guy is valuable today in controlling the middle of the field. I'm not 100% sure I think Jamal Adams is the best guy at doing it. I think you have that right. I would not have sent this tweet out if the contract was from the Steelers to Minka Fitzpatrick, for example, who is a considerably better cover safety. Mm -hmm. Last year, the Seahawks ranked 24th in the NFL defending between the numbers. So I agree with Lewis fundamentally. The middle of the field is extremely valuable, and a safety's job in patrolling it matters a lot. So perhaps... That wasn't a great way to, to, to phrase that, my description of the position. I think fundamentally it's because I don't think Jamal Adams is a truly elite player, and he was paid like yeah, that. Yeah, he was hurt last year too a lot when they were – and he, he had a tendency to get hurt, which is another mm-hmm. uh, sort of issue against him. One way or the other, I just enjoyed it. Uh, let everyone – let the record show that if Lewis Riddick is going to attack someone on Twitter and it isn't me, I delight in it. I love <laughs> Lewis, and like everyone else, I'm a little afraid of him. You cannot tell me you're not a little intimidated by Lewis Riddick. Everyone is. I'll give you a quick story. It's the draft. And we're in Cleveland. And the set is me, Lewis, Mel, and Booger. And it's freezing. (laughs) Second night, it is freezing. And we're just sitting there. And we're doing the draft. And, like, Mel puts on his winter coat. Like, he's got a coat on over the suit. Like, a heavy coat. And Booger puts on, like, gloves, and he's got, like, I, Booger's got all kinds of clothes on. And I'm just looking at Lewis. 
And until Lewis did something that acknowledged how cold it was, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to be willing to put on a coat, to put on a gloves, to put on a hat, to put on an anything. And then Lewis Riddick reaches down. They had given us each space heaters that were like sitting at our feet, like those little individual heaters. He picked his up and he put it in his lap. <laughs> and he sat there and did the second half of Saturday night. Uh, was it Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday. No, it was Friday. Friday night. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was Friday night, the second night. With, with the space heater in his lap. And the second I saw him do that, I said to the guy, can you bring me my coat, please? <laughs> the next thing you know, I put on a coat, a vest, and I put my space heater in my lap and asked for another one, and I had that at my feet. Oh, my gosh. But it was not until I saw Lewis did it that I felt that I could do it. And if Lewis was going to tough it out, I was going to tough it out, too. Because I don't care what Mel thinks of me, and I don't care what Boog thinks of me. But I was a little worried about what Lewis. I didn't want Lewis to look and be like, you're in here a little soft, huh? Because I would have been like, yeah, I'm a little soft, Lou. <laughs> Sorry. I, mean, I have no choice but to acknowledge that because you are basically James Bond and a Marvel character, like, wrapped yeah. up in one. Yeah. How could any one person be as cool and cool-looking as he is? I'm, I'm afraid to talk to him the next time after this. Yeah, like, me too. I, even though I Let's know— Let's call him. Wait, all, Nuna, we got to call Lewis and just see if he's actually <laughs> mad at him. Yeah, please. <laughs> Let's do that. Because if he is, I'm going to resign. I, that's it. That'll be the end of Hembo. It'll be the end of ESPN as we know it. Hembo is the most valuable person at the whole network. Call Lewis, and let's just find out if he's, if he's actually mad at Hembo. Uh, Greeny with you. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract. All on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Next, order of business. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I want to make it very clear that the person we're about to talk about is someone for whom I have the utmost personal respect, and he's John Mara. He is the owner of the New York Football Giants and has been basically his entire life. His family founded the franchise. Um, and uh, John's father, Wellington Mara, is one of the most respected people in the history of the NFL, and I have had occasion to be around John Mara on a number of different occasions, and I have nothing but the greatest of respect for him, and I want to make that perfectly clear before we get into what he said. Um, uh, I think that not only do I think that he is a a genuinely nice person, uh, but I also think that he, he comes at football from the right place, which is to say he's an owner, and so money is obviously a consideration, as it is to all of them, and no one should criticize that. But he genuinely cares about the sport. He genuinely cares about his team's fans. He genuinely cares about his players. Occasionally to a fault, which I will accept as from, a, from the standpoint of it making you a good human being. So if I sound like I'm overdoing it, it's because I'm really quite down on what he said, and I want to make it clear this is not meant personally. But John Mara, speaking on behalf of the NFL's competition committee, was asked about the taunting penalties, which we've talked about here and everyone else has. And this is what he said. I'm kind of sick and tired of the, of the taunting that does go on from time to time on the field. We've tried to balance um, the sportsmanship with allowing the players to have fun, and there's always a fine line there. But none of us like to see that, and uh, it's just a question of whether you can have rules that can be enforced without taking the fun out of the game, too. But nobody wants to see a player taunting another player. I know I certainly don't, and I think the rest of the members of the competition committee feel the same way, too. So here's the thing I will say. Um, The members of the competition committee should decide a lot of things. They should decide, first and foremost, things that impact health and safety. 
anything involving health and safety. I have been a defender of the defenseless hits penalties, all those flags, the quarterbacks, all that stuff. I have always been, you can go back and check what we were saying back in the day on Mike and Mike when all the defensive players were getting angry, and I kept saying this is the right thing to do. This is the right thing to do. For the future of the sport, it's the right thing to do. And as a human being, it is the right thing to do. So first and foremost, the competition committee should be dealing in rules that impact health and safety. And next, they should be dealing in rules that impact the game, a pass interference and all those things. Taunting is not that. What they seem to be trying to legislate out of the sport is not that. In the same way that they at one point took touchdown celebrations out of the sport. Those don't impact the competition at all. The competition committee is dealing in issues of competition. Thus the name. This has nothing to do with that. This is the personal preference of a group of people who, in reality, are just an older group of people than a lot of the fans. And I'm here to say that I don't know a single football fan who wants that stuff taken out of the game. Not one. Not one fan watched that play that that running back on Indianapolis made the other day where he got up after dragging 10 guys 15 yards, got up and flexed briefly. No one I know wants that to be a 15-yard penalty. No one. And the reality is the competition committee, I think, should have no say in that. That's something the fans should actually decide because that is just a presentation issue. That's all it is. The competition committee, I don't think, tells the networks how many cameras they should. Well, maybe they do. I don't know that. But there are certain areas this has nothing to do with the competitive nature of the sport. And people will point out that every member of the competition committee is older. And that, that's not a, a knock on them being older, but it does. It, there is something about a generational divide. And you want football fans who are in their teens and 20s and 30s and 40s, and they're not represented in this group at all, even people in their 40s. So what I'm trying to say, and I say this with great respect because I have great respect for all the people around this committee, but I don't think they're speaking for their fans. And the things they're quote-unquote sick and tired of seeing, I do not think bother, I shouldn't speak for almost any football fan, I do not think they bother most football fans. And thus, I I actually don't believe this should be within the purview of the competition committee. I get that they're the ones who make rules. And if you're going to attach a 15-yard penalty to something, it is going to impact the competition. So I understand that it comes up before them. But the premise, in my opinion, is the problem. This is not about the competitive... This, is not, this does not have any impact on the competition of the game until you choose to make it so. And what I'm suggesting is don't choose that. Don't choose that. Taunting in the sport was not a problem. Like, did anyone watch football last year and think, you know what, I think there's just too much taunting going on. These guys seem to be too excited when they make big plays, and every now and again, it seems to be in the face of their opponent. I don't know. Am I wrong? Nuno, what do you think? Am I wrong? No. I think why you you so eloquently said that, what I was thinking about is the people that they run in the same circles are probably the ones that are complaining, those Mm. type of fans. And when it comes to John Mara, John, 
There was a lot of other things you said yesterday that I heard come out of your mouth as a Giant fan that agitated me more than this. But this, you know, like we're talking about this. Let's fit. You know what? Like, you're, you know what I'm sick and tired of? The fact that this team in the last three years has only won 15 games. Get them. Sick and gen- tired. That- <laughs> And when, the, when they were asked about, like, is your uh, general manager on the hot seat? Oh, we're on the hot seat. Yep. Well, no, you're All not right. because you own the team, so you're not going to sell if this team stinks again. And we assume you're not going to get rid of Joe Judge if this team stinks again. So be honest with yourself. This team isn't any good. You haven't done the things that, that need to be done to get them better. Focus on that and not guys celebrating on the field. Woo! I got to love Nuno. I'm so glad I asked that question. And I'm also glad that you prefaced your conversation the way that you did, especially yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. All right, coming up next. I had a major controversy take place in my life yesterday. I need your help sorting it out. This will be a conversation unlike any I have ever had in my near 30 years on the radio. Next, after this word from Straight Talk Wireless, you know, 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract and get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money, Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Greeny, the podcast. My name is Greeny, inviting you to download the Overhead Podcast for curiously delightful conversations overheard around National Geographic's headquarters, presented by the City Advantage Platinum Select Card, the card built for your next adventure. Don't miss Phil Sims. He's live with me in about 45 minutes. Meanwhile, I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. There's something I just want you to know. Because something happened to me yesterday that had never happened to me before, and I would not imagine it's likely ever to happen again. And I didn't really know how to handle it. And I need your assistance. In particular, if you are a golfer, I need to know what the right thing to have done would have been. So let me set the scene for you. Bubba, Nuno, feel free to turn your mics on. I'm going to want your reactions. Playing a golf match yesterday at my beloved Bayonne Golf Club. 
me and one other guy against two other guys. You know how that works for those who don't follow God, know much about golf. It's a best ball. So basically, I'm, I'm, I'm teamed with another guy. Whatever, each hole is its own individual contest. Whichever one of us makes a better score on that hole, that's the team score for that hole against the other one, and you add it up hole by hole. We get to the ninth hole. We all, it's a par four. We all hit balls up onto the, the ninth hole, onto the ninth green. One member of the other team all of a sudden goes running, running away. I see him racing away. I don't know what's going on. I'm walking towards the green. He is running towards the clubhouse. His teammate, his partner comes over to me and says, and this is a, I'm going to do this as delicately as I can because this is a subject matter with which, if you know me, you know I'm very uncomfortable. But he says to me, and I'm cleaning up the language, he had a bathroom emergency and needed to run to the bathroom. It happens. It happens. It's okay. Colonic spasm, whatever term you want to use for it, that's what we used to call it on the old show. Whatever it is you want. He's got to run away and go do this. No problem. We finish the hole. Me and my teammate against the other guy. I make a five. He makes a five. We both make bogeys on the hole. So we push the hole. It's even. We walk to the next tee box. So we're standing on the 10th tee. There happens to be a snack bar right there. So I got a fruit cup. I'm eating a little fruit cup. We're waiting for the guy. He takes a very long time. Now, I think I know why he's taking a very long time. I'm, 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 open, I, I, I'm sympathetic. He's in the bathroom, whatever's going on. Okay. He comes walking towards us, and he yells as he's nearing us, I made a four. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? I've never heard that terminology used for this before. <laughs> Turns out what he's telling us is that after the bathroom, he went back to the ninth green with a caddy and putted out and two putted for a four and is now claiming he wins the hole because we made five and he made a four. And the caddy is standing there verifying. He's like, ask him. Ask, uh, I think Jeff is his name. Ask Jeff. And Jeff is like, yes, he did. He two putted. And I said... Hold on a second. You cannot run to the bathroom in the middle of a hole, come back when we're all gone, two-putt, and say, I won the hole. They wind up beating us on 17. We lose by one hole. I want restitution. I need someone to discuss. I'm like, is there a rule for this? I mean, the rules of golf are endless. They're way longer than the unwritten rules of baseball. But I don't know if this is covered. What happens when a guy's got to go, you know what he's got to go do, in the middle of a hole, and he comes back and finishes? This is like 10 minutes later. I need help. This has never happened to me before, and I, for God's sake, hope it never happens again. Bubba, what do you think? Do you believe that he should have, he claims the hole, and we let him. (laughs) Like, we lost that hole, and I'm not going to lie to you. It bothered me the entire rest of the day. It bothered me all night. It's still bothering me now. Well, it's certainly disturbing, especially the four part. Yeah, I was a little, I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, that's, of what, what, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. What, what the hell yeah. does that mean? What's, yeah, is there a new, uh, new description exactly. for what's going on in But there? it turns but, out he's, it was yeah, worse I mean, than I thought. That, I mean, that definitely should not be allowed. And Devin is uh, researching over here because he thinks there's a shot clock situation. Isn't so. there a shot clock in the PGA Tour? Uh, but this isn't the PGA Tour. I but, know, but, but, you know, you can, you can, apply, you can apply the rules. <laughs> yes. On the tour, yes, they can put you on the clock and they can tell you you need to hurry up or you're going to be docked a shot 
shot or something like that, but we're playing a match play at a country club. This is not exactly the same thing. So I didn't feel I could say within my rights, you know, there is a time limit on this but stuff. But I think it just stands the reason. If there is, in general, a shot clock, you, you can't just leave for 20 minutes and then just come back when no one's even around and... That's putt. right. But so, he's got the caddy to verify. Yeah, he's got well, the caddy saying, yes, he did indeed two-putt. Did the caddy stay down or did he go up to the clubhouse with him? How no, much no, tip? No, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. How I much extra not, tip did he get? You know me. The second someone says they're involved in the bathroom, you know me. I'm just leaving. I'm, going, I'm walking oh, in the I'm other well direction. Aware. So I'm getting the hell out of there. So I go up there. I missed a very makeable putt for the four, by the way. So I'm kind of I'm aggravated as I'm walking to the next. Well, shouldn't you be more aggravated with his teammate? Because didn't he agree? You guys agreed to push the hole, right? Well, and then all of a sudden he accepted the the four. No one had any other thought. Like like. I don't know that we actually discussed pushing the hole. Bad job I looked by you at guys. that guy, and I said, do you make five? And I said, yeah, me too. And I just wrote five on my card and five on his yes. card, and I kept going. So maybe you're a little bit to blame for this because there was no set rules on this. I, 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 I don't like the way this thing played out, and I need some help. I need the golfers to help me. Tweet at me. Use the hashtag Greeny. Hashtag Greeny with a Y. Did I, should we have won that hole? Or should we have pushed the hole? Should we have pushed the hole? They were pushing something. But what's this? <laughs> See, I knew this was going to take was a, a bad turn. question. You this asked. is not the direction I meant it to go. I need help. Phil Sims in the next hour. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN Plus. Also, catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. The only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu.